Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Thank you for listening in on this second podcast of evaporative refrigeration. In the first chapter, we heard about the evaporation of a substance, the refrigerant, and the mechanisms that is in work when pulling out energy from the things that we want to cool down. In this second chapter, we will deliver the same energy back again, but somewhere else, and to do that, we need the refrigerant to compensate again, that is, to return to its liquid phase. We left off where the refrigerant has evaporated and turned into vapor. Both the temperature and the pressure inside the tubing is low. How low depends, of course, on how we control the evaporation process, what the boiling point of the refrigerant is, and a few other things. We will go into details about how to control this in a later chapter. So now we want to extract the energy in the form of heat from the refrigerant that we stole from the milk, the vegetables, etc. And at the same time have the refrigerant return to its liquid phase. To do that, we need the vapor pressure to be higher. Now why is that? Remember what you learned about the boiling at the different pressures. Low pressure equals low temperature and high pressure equals high temperature. That is, the temperature at which it boils. So, we simply compress the refrigerant vapor to a higher pressure by using a compressor. The compressor will basically suck the vaporized refrigerant out of the pipings and thereby also maintaining the required low pressure for the evaporation process. And, at the same time, pump or push the compressing vapor out into a condenser at a high temperature and a high pressure to get the heat from the refrigerant rejected. If you compare it again with your fridge at home, the condenser is the warm black tubing or grit at the back of your fridge. The condenser can have many forms and can be, can be cooled in many, many ways. But for now, we'll talk about the simple air-cooled condenser, like the one you know from your fridge. Inside the condenser tubing, the pressure has increased quite some, and the vapor is now also pretty hot. The outside of the tubing is now exposed to the surroundings, and while it is cooled down by the cooler ambient temperatures, in our example by air, the refrigerant inside starts condensing. It's like steam on a window. Droplets form and slowly the refrigerant returns to its liquid phase because the pressure is now at a level much higher than when it boiled. When the refrigerant has cooled down to the same or slightly higher temperature than the surroundings, it has also regained its liquid phase. What happens is, in fact, that the energy that was picked up from the milk, the vegetables, etc., was transported via the tubing, pumped by the compressor, to the condenser and released as heat to the surrounding air. Hold on! 
Did we just heat the kitchen with the heat from the milk? Yes, not a lot, but we did in fact add a tiny bit of heat that we stole from the milk. Maybe just one degree, probably even less, but it all adds up in the end. Now if you think that this would be a great way of heating, you are absolutely right. That's a technique, or rather a device, called a heat pump, which is quite effective for heating. Uh, we will, however, not go deeper into that right now. Next time in the third chapter, I'll tell you about the different types of refrigerants, what type it could be, and a few other things about what to think of when you need to choose a refrigerant for your cooling system. This podcast was brought to you by Danfoss Cooling. Please feel free to visit us at danfoss.com and maybe sign up for some of our cool e-learning classes. Thank you.